Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle. I am so grateful that you are joining me today. So I have to share what I have been dealing with lately. I recently became the victim of a Facebook hacker. I woke up on August 11th with a notification on my phone that someone in Vietnam had signed into my Facebook account. Of course, I thought this was very strange. I immediately went to the Facebook app on my phone and realized that I had been signed out. I then went to my iPad and had the same realization. Turns out that my username and password were no longer recognized. I could not sign into my Facebook account. While I was trying to think of everything I could to log back in, my husband and I realized that the hackers had also made charges to my bank account and our PayPal account. Now, at the time that this happened, I was on a girl's trip in upstate New York. As you can imagine, if you've ever experienced anything like this, I felt angry, helpless, and frustrated. But I was most upset about having to take time away from my friends and having fun on this beautiful lake to deal with the actions of someone else, the mean actions of someone else. Have you ever been the victim of some sort of fraud? And you know what, friends, I'm aware that losing access to Facebook is small in the big scheme of things. Some of you listening may have lost significant amounts of money, had your credit report trash, or worse, maybe you were harmed or robbed physically. Unfortunately, we live in a world where there are bad people. There are those who prey on innocent people and cause harm in their lives. Let me be honest, over the past few weeks, I have spent lots of time and effort trying to recover access to my Facebook account without any luck at all. But here's what I've learned. Hackers are very smart. I talked to several friends and business owners who have had the same thing happen to them, and they also haven't had any luck recovering their Facebook accounts. What I'm most upset about is that I have lost access to my personal Facebook account, which has over 10 years worth of pictures and memories and so many connections with others that I've made over the years. The little sliver of good news is that I still have partial access to my Facebook business page, which is Catholic Moms in the Middle with Jenny Gwynn. So 
if you want to continue following me, if you want to be equipped and encouraged to live a happy, healthy, holy life, you can find me at Catholic Moms in the Middle with Jenny Gwynn, or I'm still on Instagram as Jenny M. Gwynn. All right, so why am I sharing all of this with you? There are three reasons. First, there are often situations in life where things don't work out like you expect, which opens you to experiencing many feelings. Second, the actions of others can impact your life in positive ways, but also in negative ways. Third, you get to decide how to respond and react to each situation that you encounter. All right, let's look at the first one. There are often situations in life where things don't work out like you expect. In the situation with my Facebook account, once the feelings of anger and frustration began to settle, I had this overwhelming feeling of disappointment. I was disappointed that I couldn't figure out how to get back in my account. I was disappointed that a stranger would take this away from me. But I was mostly disappointed in losing years' worth of pictures and connections with family and friends. Can you recall a situation in your life where the outcome wasn't what you expected or even what you wanted? Maybe your situation is much more serious than being hacked on Facebook. Yours might possibly be a broken relationship, the loss of a job, an unexpected medical diagnosis. Whatever situation you faced, big or small, you can probably recognize the feeling of disappointment. We've all felt it at one point or another. So here's what I want to ask you. Where do you feel disappointment in your body? For me, I feel it like in the center of my being, in the pit of my stomach. As I work with life coaching clients, one of the first things we work on is learning how to recognize feelings. It is easy to categorize the way you feel as good or bad without being aware of a specific feeling. I like to give my clients a feeling or emotions will to help them be very specific about how they're feeling. You can email me if you want a copy of that feeling will and I'll send it to you. Once my clients are aware of how they feel, other than just labeling it as good or bad, ask them to notice where the feeling takes root in their body. Let me give you an example. I want you to think about a time that you felt disappointed. It may have been as recent as today or yesterday or a few days or weeks ago. Go back to that feeling. Allow yourself to think about the circumstances around the disappointment. What were those circumstances? What did someone say or do? When the feeling of disappointment comes up and you begin to feel it, where do you feel it in your body? Where do you recognize it in your body? Making the connection between the feeling and where it shows up in your body will give you a better awareness of your feelings. You'll begin to recognize them earlier and learn to process them without always reacting to your feelings. So knowing that disappointment shows up in the pit of my stomach, I can begin to recognize I feel disappointed. I imagine that Jesus often felt disappointment. 
as you look back over the Gospels and the interactions that Christ had with others, many times people let Jesus down. Their actions didn't match his expectations or how he hoped they would act or respond towards him. Look at his own followers, the ones closest to him, Peter, who denied him, Judas, who betrayed him, and his rejection in Nazareth, which was his hometown, full of people who knew him the best. It is important to recognize that feeling disappointed in others or in certain situations is a natural human emotion. In fact, disappointment will be an emotion that you will feel in many of your relationships, especially your closest relationships. And disappointment doesn't necessarily mean that anything is wrong. The feeling of disappointment can be a signal that your needs, boundaries, or expectations are not being met. You might be disappointed about ordinary things like the grocery store being out of an item you need, someone showing up late for a meeting, your Amazon package not arriving on time, or as we are approaching football season, maybe you're disappointed because your favorite team loses the game. Or disappointment can be bigger. You might experience disappointment on a larger scale when your child makes a choice that has unwanted consequences. Someone breaks a promise to you or you are hurt by someone else's actions. When I was hacked on Facebook, I was disappointed that someone with mean intent took something away from me, something that I enjoyed, something that I used for my business, but also something that I used to spread goodness in the world. All right, the second reason that I'm sharing all of this with you is because the actions of others can impact your life in positive ways, but also in negative ways. We live in a world where interactions with others happens on a daily basis. Think about all of the people you have already encountered so far today. Maybe your spouse, a child, someone in the neighborhood when you walked the dog, the clerk at the market when you got coffee, a coworker on the elevator, and so on. Your life is one connection after another with people. Of course, some connections are much stronger and have a larger impact on your life, like your relationship with your spouse, child, parents, siblings, or close friends. Now, whether you realize it or not, you have expectations for how all of these people that I mentioned should act. When they don't meet your expectations, then you might feel angry, mad, or disappointed. The actions of others, which includes what they say or what they do, directly impacts your life. The hard part is that you cannot control someone else's actions or the words that come out of their mouth. As a midlife mom, this is one of the hardest lessons I had to learn with my children. As I mentioned in my recent show with my youngest son, Jackson, where we talked about him going off to college and what each of us experienced, I humbly shared that I could often be called a helicopter mom. I wanted to make sure that my kids made the right decisions, that they didn't make any mistakes. Basically, I wanted them to meet my expectations. 
So the actions of the Facebook hacker directly impacted my life, even though I have no idea who he or she is. In fact, they don't even know me, yet their actions greatly impacted my life in many ways. Can you think of someone in your life? Maybe you know them or maybe you don't know them, yet a decision they made directly impacted your life. If their actions or words met your expectations, then you probably have good feelings towards them. But if they fell short of your expectations or if they acted in a way that you never imagined, you might feel anger, bitterness, frustration, or disappointment. Here's the thing, friend. Once you begin to pinpoint how you feel, then you can ask yourself, why do I feel this way? When you answer this question, you will uncover a thought or a belief that you have about that person and the situation. Here's an example. I feel disappointed about the Facebook hacker because of several thoughts and beliefs that I have. First, I have the thought that I am missing out on what my friends and family are posting. I love keeping up with people I know through their posts and their pictures. Second, I have the expectation that someone shouldn't take something that doesn't belong to them, especially if it belongs to me. This belief of how someone else should behave creates a feeling of disappointment, especially because they did not meet my expectations. Third, I'm having to spend so much time trying to get back into my account rather than focusing on the things that are more important. This thought creates a feeling of disappointment. And last, I have this doubt that the situation can be resolved based on what I've learned from others and about how Facebook works. This thought creates a feeling of disappointment. All right, here's what I want to share with you. Feelings are a result of your thoughts and beliefs, not situations and circumstances. Let me repeat because this is really important. Your feelings are a result of your thoughts and beliefs, not the situations or circumstances happening around you. This is why I spend so much time when I coach midlife women helping them to pinpoint exactly how they feel, and then helping them to uncover the thought or belief behind that feeling. This is always a game changer for my clients. Once they realize that other people, situations, or circumstances don't create their feelings, but that their feelings are a result of what they think or believe, it empowers them to take charge of their lives. It gives them the confidence to choose their words and their actions and how they respond. It allows them to be in charge of how they respond to each situation. One of the recent gospel readings was about a young man who came to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good must I do to gain eternal life? Jesus responded saying he must keep the commandments. The young man was confident that he could keep the commandments and press Jesus for what else he needed to do. Jesus then responded that he needed to go and sell 
all that he had and give it to the poor, so then he would have eternal life. The young man left Jesus and went away sad because he had many possessions. All right, let's think about that. If the young man felt sad, why did he feel sad? What were the thoughts and beliefs behind that feeling? Like I shared earlier, the sad feeling is because of a thought or belief that the young man had. Thoughts like, Jesus is asking too much of me. Beliefs like, I can't give everything away. I love my possessions. My possessions bring me joy. I won't have anything left. I want to keep everything but also have eternal life. His thoughts created the feeling of being sad. Not Jesus' words, not what Jesus was saying to him, but it was his thoughts and beliefs about what Jesus was calling him to do. Now, the final reason that I'm sharing my Facebook story with you is to show you that You get to decide how you want to respond to each and every situation you encounter. The young man in the story chose to walk away from Jesus because he believed that what Jesus was asking was unfair or requiring him to give up too much. He responded by walking away from eternal life. He was more attached to his possessions than he was to desiring eternal life. Here's the thing, friend. You always have two options in every situation. You can react or you can respond. Reacting and responding are two ways in which you can handle situations. Reacting and responding happen based on how you feel. Remember, that feeling is based on what you think or believe about the situation. This is why it's so important to have that awareness. Okay, here are some key differences between reacting and responding. See if um, you can relate them to any situations or circumstances in your life. The first is timing. Reacting tends to be immediate and instinctual. It often occurs without much thought or deliberation. This is when you take action without pinpointing your feeling and the thoughts behind it. Responding involves taking a moment to think and consider the situation before you take action. It's typically more deliberate and thought out because you recognize the feeling and the thought behind it. Number two is emotion. Reactions are often driven by emotions such as fear, anger, or frustration. They can be impulsive and intense. Responses are typically less emotionally charged. They are more rational and controlled, allowing for a more measured approach because you've taken the time to process how you are feeling and thinking. Number three, awareness. Reacting can sometimes happen without a full awareness of the situation or the consequences of your actions. We've all had this happen to us. Responding usually involves a higher level of awareness of the situation, the people who are involved, and the potential outcomes. Number four, consequences. Reacting can lead to unintended consequences especially if you are driven by strong emotions. Responding is more likely to lead to 
considered and desired outcomes because it takes into account the big picture, the potential consequences. And number five, control. Reacting often feels like a loss of control because it's driven by immediate emotions and your instincts. Responding involves a sense of control as it allows you to choose your actions based on thoughtful consideration. So, reacting is more impulsive, emotionally driven, and less controlled, while responding is more deliberate, controlled, and considers the broader context and consequences. Developing the ability to respond rather than react can lead to more problem-solving, better relationships, and it allows you, honestly, to experience more peace and joy in your life. That morning in New York on my girls' trip, I had the choice on how I wanted to react or respond to the Facebook situation. I could have let it ruin my weekend and rob me of precious time with my friends. Or I had the choice to process my thoughts and feelings and take action on what was actually within my control. Here's the truth. There wasn't much I could control about the situation. I began to take control by changing passwords. We closed bank accounts and credit cards. I froze my credit report to prevent any further damage. When I found myself getting caught up in worrying about how I was going to advertise my business or what would happen if I couldn't log back in, I simply paused and recognized how I was feeling and traced that feeling to what I was thinking in the moment. Instead of letting my mind get caught up in worry, the what-ifs, and allowing it to ruin my weekend, I took control and decided how I wanted to think and feel about the situation. Instead of reacting, I took a moment to think and consider the situation before actually taking action. Instead of reacting, I was more rational and controlled because I took the time to process how I was feeling and thinking. I allowed myself to feel disappointed. I allowed myself to feel angry, but I recognized it. And I uncovered the thoughts and beliefs that were behind it. Instead of reacting, I had this higher level of awareness about the situation, the people involved, and what the potential outcomes could be based on my actions. I really thought it through. And then responding rather than reacting gave me a sense of control. Instead of feeling helpless and out of control over a situation that truly was out of my hands, Taking the time to pause allowed me to choose my actions based on thoughtful consideration. And more than anything, having an awareness of how I felt, the thoughts that were behind the feeling, it allowed me to still be present with my friends. It allowed me to still have fun and enjoy the weekend instead of being caught up in the worry and the what ifs and being angry over a situation that was totally out of my control. Here's the truth. In situations, sometimes you will react and sometimes you will respond. The more emotionally involved you are, it is more likely that you will react And there's nothing wrong with that. There are certain situations that 
It would be crazy if you didn't react. The more emotionally involved you are, it is more likely that you will react. Now, if I could sum up all of this in one word, it would be awareness. An awareness of your feelings. Remember pinpointing your exact feeling, not good or bad, but pinpointing exactly how you feel. An awareness of your thoughts or beliefs. Behind each feeling is a thought or belief that you have. An awareness of how you can respond. Choosing your actions based on how you think and feel. Even if you react, you can then take a step back to determine how you're feeling, what thought or belief is behind that feeling, and then deciding how to move forward. Awareness of your feelings, an awareness of your thoughts, and awareness of how you choose to move forward. If you want to learn more about how to process your feelings, go to my website, catholicmomsinthemiddle.com, and sign up for a complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session. I love to help women learn how to respond to life's circumstances rather than react so that they can find more joy and peace in their lives. All right, friends, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for the many emotions or feelings that we experience on a daily basis. Our feelings are a gift that you have given us to experience the world around us. Lord, I ask that you give each and every one of us the grace that we need to identify with our feelings, to understand the thoughts and the beliefs that create those feelings. So, Lord, then we can respond to situations, circumstances, to people with your grace, with your mercy, and with your love. And Lord, for all those times that we have reacted and maybe our reactions have hurt others or made situations worse, Lord, we ask for forgiveness. We ask that you fill us with your love and with your grace so that we can magnify you in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle, or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com, or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyshawnwilliams.com. That is musicbyshawn, S-H-A-W-N, williams.com.